glad that you're here this morning. I'm honored to be given this opportunity uh, to speak with you during this weekend. Our theme is Stronger, and uh, I think this is a great picture. And can you see that even with my head in the way? It's not that big in the head, is it? What about my ears? Are they big? <laughs> Perfect, thank you. God bless you. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> As I reflected on this theme of stronger, um, I realized that I need help in this area. We're talking about being spiritually stronger, of course, but I need help in this area. I need you to spur me on, to encourage me, to challenge me, to hold me accountable, to lift my arms up when they're tired. What about you? Do you need someone else in your life to help you? Are you a church that blinks faster when you're saying yes, or? <laughs> so I know you maybe not feel comfortable responding, you know, but do something, right? <laughs> That's what the people like to serve them when they blink faster. And if they're not blinking, I'll come over and check you. Know, another uh, walker. Get some uh, tennis balls on the bottom of it. Spiritually, I believe that we need help. This morning, we're going to learn about power and its Holy Spirit power. We need help to live this Christian life. And then, Lord willing, in a sermon, we're going to talk about we need each other. We need the body of Christ. Um, so why should I get stronger spiritually? Why should I do that? I need help with that, but why? Why should I be stronger spiritually? What's my purpose? What's my motivation for this? So We'll get to it in a second, but I should pray, and then we'll go for it. Father, thank you. <clears throat> thank you for your family that you've given us, and thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you that we have people in our lives who love us enough to help us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit in our life, in our lives who loves us and wants to help us. Father, bless this time this morning. Open our hearts and our minds to your word and that we may spur each other on and that we may be your people because that's our desire, to live for you. We love you and we want to live for you and we need help. Help us, please. In Jesus' name, amen. So, ah, okay. Uh, <clears throat> a text that you're very familiar with at the, at the beginning of the book of Acts. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses 
in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And if you've read the book of Acts, you know that that's the progression. It starts, it's all started in Jerusalem and then there was persecution and then it spread out. And that's how, you know, if you've read the book of Acts that high, that's how it works. But what we see in this passage is Jesus telling the disciples, you need to wait. Don't run ahead of me. You need to wait and wait in Jerusalem to receive power to do ministry. Can you see the two highlighted words there? But you will receive power for what? To witness. Witness about what? About Jesus Christ. And he's raised from the dead. And there's resurrection. And all those things that we'll discuss it or I'll share some things. So it's ordinary people like you and me. We're ordinary people, right? Hello? We're ordinary people, uh, you and I, aren't we? And we're, they were waiting for this essential ingredient to do ministry. Um, and this essential ingredient was the Holy Spirit. I said last night that we need power outside of ourselves. Look at that fellow on the right. That used to be me. <laughs> and then I got married and had children. And that's why my hair's gray. <laughs> and the other guy to the left is my brother Stuart who doesn't know how to flex. Um, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what I'm doing, but, and then the man in the middle is my brother Stuart's uh, father-in-law, James. Uh, he lives in Wichita Falls. Um, anyway, but that's us trying to be stronger. Does anybody look like that when they're trying to be stronger by themselves? Spiritually speaking, I mean. I'm glad you didn't laugh too much at the picture. So if we want to be stronger spiritually, and we've got a couple of good reasons why, we need power outside of ourselves. Um, we need the Holy Spirit power. And listen, if we're going to live out the mission statement of the Oldham Lane Church of Christ, do you know what your mission statement is? Yes? Make and grow disciples. Surprise. Uh, make and grow disciples. That's your mission statement. And if we're going to try and live up to that mission statement... We need power outside of ourselves. We need help from God to do that. Would you agree with that? See, what I want to share with you right now, it, it, not just this picture, but a picture of me from years ago. It's not really of me, but you'll get the idea. It's, and maybe some of you will identify with this, or maybe I'll walk on your street a little bit on this. Maybe you're even living here right now. This little picture here, it's cute, isn't it? So, you know, and it's not me, of course, but I thought you would like it because it's cute. Um, though pictures of me are cute, too, uh, I think. Maybe. Here, here's what my life was like years ago. You know, when I, when I woke up in the morning, I thought to myself, how am I going to accomplish what I need to accomplish today? There were times where I didn't want to get out of bed. And I thought, 
and I'm a Christian, how am I supposed to be a good example? I feel like I'm just not equipped. I don't have the tools and the resources I need. I'm walking on your street. Do you ever feel like, I, I can't do this on my own? This is the part where you either shake your head or blink faster. <laughs> or I'm on my own, which I know I'm not. Um, where you feel like, I, I'm not up to the task. It, it, see, it's, it's too overwhelming for me. I just don't feel like I've got what it takes to live this Christian life. Am I the only one? No, no. Three, 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 four, 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 five, five, five. That is how I used to live. How am I going to be a good Christian today? How am I going to let my light shine? And then I thought, I have no idea how to do those things. And then I did this. Let it go. Let it go. Is that how it goes? If you were cool. Young people, right? But it's, that's gone now, isn't it? The second one's gone. So it's not, forget that slide. <laughs> when I had, and what I mean by letting go is, when I handed my fears over to God, when I handed my doubt over to God, when I handed over these feelings of inadequacy to God, when, when I handed over my failures, the failures that would stir me down in the morning and say, you may as well just stay in bed because you're not going to be able to live the Christian life today. When I handed all that over to God and let God own it, when I let it go, I got through the day. I was the Christian example. I was enough. I had what it took to live the Christian life. Look at these people here. I, didn't, I, I can't get real pictures of them, of course. But, um, but there they are. Imagine, imagine how the apostles felt the day before Pentecost. You know, when before they were in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came down on them, for several years, they had been really living, walking around with Jesus. They'd been really living, right? They were having a powerful time. And, and, and they were following the greatest person who ever lived. They, they were being taught by the most insightful teacher of truth the world has ever seen. And daily they were witnessing miracles. Then they experienced his crucifixion. You, you remember where he came up to all of them and say, leave what you're doing and follow me. You, you remember he said that to all of them? Hey, leave the nets, leave the money table, Matthew or Levi, and follow after me. Do you think in their mind they were thinking, well, this is only going to be for a couple of years? Or were they thinking it's a lifetime? It's only going to be for a little while, or it's for the rest of our lives. And they're having three years of a powerful experience, and then the crucifixion happened. And that must have been a big letdown, right? And Peter didn't want him to be crucified and get behind me, Satan, and all those things. But then he was raised from the dead. And what an experience that must have been for them as well. He's alive again. All right, we're going to continue the journey on with God forever and ever. And then not long after that, he said, I'm leaving again. 
How must they felt? Well, what, what do you think they felt like? They, they were humans, right? The apostles. And they had emotions too and like disappointment. And oh he's, oh, he's gone. He's dead. He's in the tomb. And how they experienced that emotionally. And then he's alive again. And they can't believe it. And then a couple of 50 days later or something like that, it's, I'm, I'm leaving you again. How do you think that felt? He challenges them with the Great Commission, and he tells them to go, go to Jerusalem and wait. And if they're human like us, and they are, I'm sure as they waited, one terrible truth would have closed in upon them, and it's this. He's gone. He's gone. Now, I'm not trying to get you to relive a death, okay? But have you ever lost a loved one? You remember how that felt? They're gone. And I won't see them again until he calls us home. Do you think they felt like that? And you, you give us a commission to go into all the world? and Me? The fishermen, Peter? Can you imagine what they might have felt like? What they were thinking? Numb, confused, empty, in shock. Well, all of those feelings and more, right? Whatever else the disciples thought or felt, they must have felt empty. Three years of hanging around with Jesus day in, day out, seeing all the things he accomplished, and then he's gone. You think that would affect the person? Are we up to the task? I know we're all sitting, we're all here together and whatnot, but can we do what he asked us to do? He's left it in our hands. What do you think? See, wouldn't you agree that this sense of emptiness is experienced by many people today? That there's something missing in their lives, not just spiritually, but physically and emotionally and mentally. People have this something missing in their lives. Christians can feel the same thing. They recognize there's something missing. They feel they need power outside of themselves, or they try to do it on their own. I mean, they feel a sense of inadequacy that they're, they're lacking. They just don't have what they believe is needed to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. Never mind spiritually, but mothers, do you ever feel that way? Or husbands, do you ever feel that way? I. I don't have what it takes to be a good mother or a good father. Young people, do you ever feel that way? But I, I, I just don't have what it takes to live up to my parents' expectations. You ever feel that way? Not you guys, right? You're, you're all super over there. So I think what would help us is we look at what Peter went through, and I think it would help us here. Now, what we're discussing is we need power to live on. It's power outside of ourselves. So, you know, I think at times we feel this way, right? Or, or man, sometimes we can feel this way if we're honest. See, facing our inadequacy, facing like, I don't have what it takes. I'm not up to the task. I'm not enough. It doesn't sound like an exciting thing to do, is it? To just own it and be honest and say, 
I don't have it. Sure doesn't. Even me discussing it, you're probably thinking, Billy, could you keep quiet and talk about something that'll make me feel good about myself? Right? To, to own it and say, I don't have what it takes in and of myself. But in many ways, it's the first step to becoming spiritually stronger. And that's what we want, isn't it? To be spiritually stronger. It was for Peter. He needed it desperately. See, Peter, he's just an ordinary guy, isn't he? He's, he's one of those guys that opens his mouth to change feet, isn't he? He's that kind of guy. Thank you. Thank you. They'll get it in a minute. Um, isn't he? he, he <laughs> Peter was Peter, right? He's a little bit older than the other ones. And he and his father and his brothers, they owned a you know, fishing business. And he, he, he went to work every day. He understood the pressure of being in the workplace and in the marketplace and the buying and the selling. He, he, he wasn't overly educated. He didn't belong to this, you know, very educated group of people and wealth and whatnot. He was just like the majority of us. And then Jesus called him and he responded, but he, did he really know? Did Peter really know? And he just, you know, hey, Peter, leave your gnats and come follow me. Do you think Peter really knew what was going to be called of him? Do you think he really knew this is what my life is going to be like? Do you think he really knew what he was being called to? It was just follow after me. And he said, okie dokie, off we go. And, and he does. And, and he learns along the way. But there was something in, in Peter's life that said, yes, I'm following after you. And you were the same, weren't you? When you heard the call of God in your life, when you obeyed the gospel and were baptized into Christ, and I'm following Jesus, my Lord. You didn't know all the details. You didn't read all the fine print, did you? You didn't know that you were going to have to suffer for being a Christian. You didn't know you were going to be tempted in ways that you weren't tempted before. Make sense? You didn't know, but we said, yes, we're going to go for it. And then when the pressure came on, it was like, I can't do this on my own. I want to, but so I think one of the lessons Peter needed to learn was, can't do it on my own. I got until 9.45, all right. So I think the truth is that we need to come to the realization, and some of us don't want to. You can't do it on your own. Wouldn't you agree with that? We need power outside of ourselves. We need the people of God in our lives to help us. How often have you tried to do it on your own? And how often have you fallen on your face? God, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. I'm on my face. I don't got this, I don't got this. Right? And then we try to get back up and prove. No, I can do it by myself. Peter had to come face to face with it that he realized that he couldn't effectively follow Jesus without the Spirit of God. So he says, I'll even die with you, Jesus. And then we know his response. You're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Not me. Yes, you. 
he had to come face to face with, I can't do it on my own. Now, this little Bible class isn't all doom and gloom, okay? It's going to get better in a wee minute, all right? You keep hanging in with me here. It's going to get better. So he denies Jesus three times. I'm sure he was frustrated at himself. The Scripture says in in, in Matthew 26, somewhere, uh, 26, 75, that he wept bitterly. He was human after all. Wasn't it one of the accounts that the third time he says, I don't know him, that Jesus and him locked eyes? Can you imagine that? Not long ago he was saying, I'll die with you. Here's the sword. I'll go and kill them all for you. No, you're going to not. How many times have you denied Jesus by your actions and your speech? I'm not trying to beat you up. Could this be happening because we're not trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit within us? You know, we want to live the Christian life, amen? We want to be the good example. We want to reflect Jesus Christ, but there's times that we don't. And it's when the times that we don't, is it because we're not submitting to the Spirit of God? We're not living under the influence of the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I think that was nine. Um, You know what I'm saying? And maybe we're not living under the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, Peter had to come face to face with the reality of his own inadequacy, that he couldn't do it on his own. If you were honest, would you agree with me that there's times that you've been disappointed in yourself and you walk with God? I, I know better than that. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have acted that way. If you were honest, then you'll be honest, won't you? Aren't there times when you've been disappointed in yourself? Young people, right? Come on, right? Where we're disappointed in our speech, in our actions. Of course, we're not going to be perfect. He knows that. Covered by the blood of Jesus and whatnot. But I wonder if it's got something to do with we're not got this power outside of ourselves to live the way he calls us to live. So we got to face our own inadequacy. Peter did, and it's the very thing that's going to cause spiritual growth in us to make us stronger. Listen to this from Acts 2. I can't read it all that far back. It's way too far away. Uh, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated came to rest on each of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You're familiar with this passage, aren't you? They're all up in the upper room. Uh, as Jesus left us, we're going to get the Spirit. I'm not, you know... And, and, they, and then the Spirit of God work, works miraculously through them. I, I'm not saying that we've got that. We've got the Spirit, of course, we do. But this miraculous power, not for us. We, we're, we've got something else uh, to do. See, 
They're sitting up there, and they're praying, and they're waiting, and then the Holy Spirit comes on them in the way it did, and it even enables them to speak in other languages, known languages. Because when he gets up and addresses the whole crowd, people from all different parts with all different languages heard him speak in their language. See, this is what we need to do here, live our lives in God's sufficiency. You see, that's what Pentecost was. Pentecost was an encounter with God. They were filled with God's Spirit. They were clothed with power. Pentecost meant that God was in charge. What happened at Pentecost was a transforming event. On the day of Pentecost, God came in power and changed those people in that upper room. He changed the lives of a multitude of people. They didn't act the same. They might have looked the same. Well, that's definitely Peter and that's John over there. We know what they look like, but they acted differently. Wouldn't you agree that there was a marked difference in their lives? Think before Jesus, picture in the Holy Spirit, and after Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't you agree that since we've been baptized into Jesus, received the gift of the Holy Spirit, that there needs to be and must be a marked difference in our lives? Wouldn't you agree with that, church? This is the part where you would say amen, for we are not supposed to be the same people we were before, right? We are not supposed to be. We are to turn away and around and go toward God. We are to get into the scriptures and see how are we supposed to live our lives? There has to be a marked difference. We can't just say, well, I'm an angry person because I've always been angry. Well, what about the fruit of the spirit of self-control? Wouldn't you agree then that there has to be a marked difference? And it's not just going to be when we come up out of the water, it's like, ah, you know, and then the halo on the head and we do everything perfectly, right? Young people, would you agree with me on that? You know, it, it's a process. And, you know, the more we submit to the Spirit of God and His influence in our lives, the more different we're going to become. Yes? And so I, I think to myself, there's too many times in Billy McGuigan's life where I've tried to live the Christian life on my own and have fallen on my face. And you would agree, because you might have seen that. Some of you might have seen that in my life. And I would agree in your life too. And we want to live different. And we want to be God's people. And he's saying, here is the power you need, the power outside of yourself to live the life you desire to live. Now, how much of it do you want? What happened to Pentecost was a transforming event. They weren't acting like normal people. You know, they were all poor for the most part, weren't they? And so they would keep whatever they made to themselves. And then all of a sudden, as we read in the book of Acts, they were giving it away. And nobody had needs. And if someone said, you know, the, the, the McConnell family down the street, you know, they've lost their sheep or their cow or their donkey or something. 
And then people get word and say, all right, let's give them one. They were different, yes? There was a marked difference in their lives. See, you know, it was the, the influence of the Holy Spirit on these people's lives that changed them. It was a marked difference. See, Pentecost proclaimed, you can't do it on your own, or you can with God's power. They had been emptied only to be filled. That makes sense, doesn't it? It, it? it finally clicked. It all made sense to them now. They had to learn to depend on God's sufficiency. They must learn to live under God's power. And that's what the church needs today, isn't it? It's not what the church needs today. We need to face our inadequacies and say, not to beat us up and do it all, all the time. But at some point say, I can't do this on my own. Have you ever done that publicly? Have you ever stepped out of the aisle and walked down to the front in the death march, down to the front asking for prayers from the church? We need to do something differently when people need help. But have you ever just said, I can't do this? It's very clear in my life that I can't do this. When was the last time you've done that? Because it's true. And then we're emptied only to be filled and say, I need the prayers of the church. I need my brothers and sisters to help me live this life that I so desire to live. Yes? Acts 2.14, then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Something's changed in Peter. Yes? It wasn't that long ago, in the cover of darkness, you're one of his. No. I don't know who he is. Shuffle away, shuffle away. You're one of his. No, shuffle away, shuffle away. Gets over the fire and the servant girl comes up and says, you speak like him, you're wrong to him. I know who you are. No. He's a different man now, isn't he? Stands up with the other 11 in front of thousands of people. Let me tell you people something. Is he living under his own power and strength, or is he living under the influence and power of the Holy Spirit? There's a marked difference in the man. There's a marked difference in the man. Pentecost happened. An encounter with God's Spirit happened to Peter. He's not operating, not on his own ability, but the Spirit's. He's living in God's sufficiency. He's moving by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. God's in charge of his life. You remember in Acts chapter 4, I've got 10 minutes left. You doing okay? <laughs> doing okay? Are you wishing I would stop? Because I'm going to preach as well. <laughs> in Acts 4, Peter and John, they're brought before the religious leaders 
And it's said of them in verse 13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Love that. So consider this. When people look at you, when people have a look at you, can they see that you've been with Jesus? When people look at you, can they see that you have been with Jesus? Something to consider. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people, they came to know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the church was born in Jerusalem. It was a dynamic church, wasn't it? It was filled with dynamic people who were living out their Christianity in the midst of a secular society. Holy Spirit power. Have you come face to face with the reality that you can't do it on your own? I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here, okay? I'm not. Have you come face to face with the truth that you can't live the Christian life on your own? Or are you still trying to prove that you can? Maybe you feel the emptiness this morning. Maybe you feel hopeless this morning. Maybe you think to yourself, you know, I'm not a good example. I'm a walking on your street. Maybe even walking up your driveway. Maybe even knocking on the door and opening your door and walking into your house uninvited and saying, do you feel that you don't have it and have what it takes? Consider this then, that maybe God has brought you to this place this morning where you're thinking, I'm just going to church this morning. I'm going to be in Bible class. Maybe God has brought you young people here this morning to realize you need my help. You need me. Maybe God has brought you to this moment this morning for you to say, or even lift up your hands and say, I can't do it. Maybe. See, the truth is God fills empty vessels. You know, years ago, every morning, I'd wake up and I thought to myself, how am I going to get through the day? How, how am I going to let my light shine? How, how am I going to be a good Christian? And then the fear and the doubt would just come over me and it would say, you may as well just stay in bed. You, you may as well not tell people that you're a Christian. But when I let all that go, when I let God own it, when I submitted to the Spirit of God, 
When I started using the spiritual gifts that I have, and I'll talk about that a little more in the, in the sermon, I did more than just get through the day. I set the example. I influenced people for God. I studied with people and baptized people. No credit to me, to God. You know, maybe we Christians, we need to face our own inadequacies. We need to start saying more. I can't do this on my own. I can't do it on my own. I need help. And I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. Would you pray for me? Would you help me? Would you walk alongside me? Will you watch me? Would you shepherd me? Would you preach truth to me? Will you eat lunch with me? Would you fellowship more with me so I can be what I desire to be? Does anybody need help this morning? Does anyone just need to say, I can't do it. I've tried for way too long and I'm failing. Could someone help me? Because I'm telling you this morning, there's a source of power outside of yourself that can help you live the life you desire to live. And it's the Holy Spirit. And when we get this Holy Spirit, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you so we can be witnesses, witnesses of the work of God. Is there anyone in here who needs prayer? I'm not asking you to come forward or anything like that. Is there anyone that needs help? Is there anyone that needs to be preached to? Anyone needs to be shepherded? Anyone that needs someone to put their arm around your shoulder? Say, we'll do this together. Yes? No? Because there is a power source that's outside of ourselves. It's called the Holy Spirit. And we receive it, you know? Either, 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 either we're going to be singing the Frank Sinatra song, I Did It My Way, or we're going to be singing the song, I Need Thee Every Hour. When was the last time you sang uh, New York, New York at church? When was the last time you sang, I need thee every hour? <laughs> we know we can't do it on our own. We need the Spirit of God. It's outside of ourselves. We need God's power, amen. Let's pray and we're done. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Use what we have and make it good and good things to come from it. That's our heart's desire. We love you. We do. And we've tried to do the Christian life on our own, and we can't. 
We need your help. We need your spirit. We need your family that you've given us. We need people to hold us up when we're weary. Father, we need you. And we need you every hour. Help us to stop running ahead of you. Help us to stop acting like we can do it on our own. Remove all that doesn't belong to you and fill us with you so we can help each other and help each other witness to the power of the resurrection of Jesus and the power that can transform lives as you transform our lives. Help us in the name of Jesus. Amen.